three. Any joke. Name a cartoon with three main characters. What kind of Ren, Stimpy, and the horse. Yeah, the horse. No, that's no. definitely two main characters in Ren and, and Stimpy. Stimpy. Uh, Ren and Stimpy, yeah. Welcome to Which Game First, where we boldly explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we unearth any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up this week, the black flags fly as we outmaneuver the other scurvy dogs to the fat merchantmen in loot. Next, we assemble our deck from fabled constructs and heroes of old to gain honor in Ascension, Chronicle of the Godslayer. And lastly, we find out just how random trivia can get in Joe Name It. I'm your host, Celeste Angelis. Now let's meet the rest of our brave and intrepid panel. I'm Evan Bernstein. This is episode number 42, Don't Panic. Hi, I'm Ed Povolitis, your guide to life, the universe, everything. Hi, I'm Joe Onfried. What's this thing suddenly coming towards me very fast? It needs a big, wide-sounding name like Ow, uh, Ground. That's a good name. Ground. I wonder if it'll be friends with me. Hi, I'm Mike Grenier, and I never forget my towel. Hi, it's me and Evan here. Hello. We wanted to say thanks again for listening and helping us grow. Yeah, we're having a great first year. Thank you for all the support, likes, tweets, retweets, reviews, and ratings. Yeah, every one of those little actions helps us grow the show. So please keep them up. And we want to know what games our listeners are playing. So go ahead and let us know. It always makes our day. And thanks for exploring with us. Now, on to the games. Our first game up this week is Loot, designed by Reiner Nesia, published by GameRight in 2005. Number of players 2 to 8, ages 10 and up, runtime 20 minutes. So, Evan, when we unearthed this find, what were your first thoughts? Prepare to be boarded and your doubloons absconded. Ed, how about you? Hmm, although pirates are busy attacking other merchants, maybe this little guy with just three gold will slip by. Mike? Looks like the pirate code is about to go right out the window. (laughs) (laughs) Joe? Right off the bat, I knew this game would be simple to understand. I love the concept of multiple pirate ships arguing over a prize. Yeah, as much as I enjoy a good Imperial Navy versus pirate game, this pirate-on-pirate attack-off got me smiling like it could be really fun. But before we divvy up the hall, Evan, tell us a little bit about how it's played. Each player is dealt a hand of six cards. Most of the cards in this game are pirate ships or merchant ships. A few of the cards are pirate captains, and there is one admiral card. On your turn, you may play a merchant ship in front of you, or if there's already a merchant ship out in front of a player, you may go after it by playing one of your pirate cards. Each pirate card has one to four skulls on it, showing how powerful the ship is. Your opponents on their turns may send pirate ships to try and capture merchant ships as well. They may even go after the same merchant ships you're going after. The player with the most pirate power captures the merchant ship. The player who has garnered the most loot from all their captured ships wins the game. One of the things I found out about this game is it has been published a ton of different times with a bunch of different art. And uh, it's been around for a long time, right? Reiner Nesia made the first version of this game, which I think was called Corsair in 1992 when it was originally published. The release of this game that's called Loot, which is the one we played, is 
very lighthearted and cartoony in its style and theme. And I really enjoyed the light version of this. I think if I had played the heavier looking one, I wouldn't have been as interested. The The cheerfulness of the caricature style of the art really brought me in. And the uh, pirates all have these like exaggerated expressions and things like that. As a pirate I, should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anybody who says arg every single day should have a really interesting look on their face. Yeah. And the mechanics of this game are simple, but really clean. Uh, and it moves fairly quickly, just like a trick-taking game should. And I would kind of akin this to a trick-taking game. What do you guys think? Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. I, I like the, uh, your, your strategy. It's like, oh, I can play another card on one of these things, or I can just draw a new one and wait for another day. It's kind of a neat mechanic. On your turn, the first thing you do is to see if you've won any ships. Basically, if the last card you play is still winning a certain merchant ship battle. So you could play a merchant ship, and if no pirates attack it, when it comes back to you, it sails safely to port is yours. For each person, when it comes to their turn, you have basically three options. First, you can lay down a ship in front of you with a, with a certain value to it. That's a merchant ship. The second thing you can do is you can engage one of your pirate cards on a merchant ship that's already out among the four players. That's the second thing you can do. And the third thing you can do is draw a card from the cent from the center pile. And that's how you build your hand. That's basically the three choices you have. And you can only do one of them per turn. And then what you choose to play, though, you can use it in offense of a ship, someone else's ship that you're trying to attack, in defense of your ship that you're trying to claim for yourself. And of course, there's always the, always the need to rebuild up your hand because once you start playing all these cards out, you've got little else to do but, but draw more cards. Yeah. Well, you don't want to draw too many cards because if you end up with a lot of merchant ships, then they're merchant ships you could get stuck with. Right. Any merchant ships left in your hand count against you. At the end of the game, yep. So your score is the number, uh, the value of the merchant you've uh, captured minus any merchant ship you never sailed. I see. So even though it's risky, you have to put them out at some point or you're going to just have negative points stuck in your hand at the end of the game. A brilliant game mechanic to provide incentive for laying down something that might give someone else points. Yes, I remember a certain player holding on to the most valuable merchant ship right into the very end of the game, Ed. Do you remember who that was? Hmm. But Ed, here's the thing. Your strategy did not pay off because I think you spent too much time taking up space in your hand and not playing. Whereas, yeah, you got that fat merchant at the end, but you missed out on other ones. Celeste, your strategy worked great. You scooped up every low-value merchant ship because <laughs> there were a few that were contested, and you decided to just kind of clean those up while I know myself and Ed were going for more of the epic the epic win battles. The victory of a thousand cuts. Yeah. <laughs> Take it. I got another one. That's right. <laughs> That's fully insured. <laughs> fully insured against pirates. It's tricky, though, though, trying to manage your hand. Yeah, and a great mechanic of this game is once a particular color pirate is played, no one else in the hand can play that same color. So sometimes you don't even have the opportunity to fight a ship because you don't have the right color. It was just the right amount of challenge there. And my favorite part of this game was definitely a definitive ending. We knew exactly when this game was going to end because it ends when the cards run out. Joe, you uh, getting in that dogfight? No, nope. can't play can't play, can't play I got, yellow. I got that color. I locked you out down. of that color, oh, baby. Okay, one is good. Green? Ties, ties okay. Oh, Ed, you don't have oh, some. Oh, Ed! Uh, it was a 50-50, Ed. I could have played the blue. 
So if you're keeping track of the colored pirates that have already been used, you can get a little bit of an advantage there, right? Sure, sure. But there's also um, five trump cards. One pirate captain for each of the uh, four colors plus an admiral ship. So if someone plays the pirate ship, it counts as infinite strength, which will win unless somebody else plays the pirate or the admiral. What's great about this for kids, Mike, is that the card counting aspect of it is absolutely there, but it doesn't have to be super specific. You can just sort of generally keep in mind what cards have been played. Like, ooh, a lot of blue pirates have been played, so there's probably not a lot of blue high high numbers out there, so maybe my three will win. And it's so easy to remember which pirate captains have been played, because there's only five of them in the whole deck. And the other thing I like, I think was kind of cool is like, say, if Evan threw down a uh, a five gold merchant ship out there, I, instead of a captain, I might try to put my three out there, hoping everybody else is going to go after the five, where my little three will just slip right by. This is a great game for both adults and children, which is a hard thing to find. Yeah, I think the tension of trying to sail your ship through pirate-infested waters is kind of cool. The thrill is there, no doubt. The thrill of, oh, is my merchant ship going to make it all the way to port? All it's got to do is get past Mike and Evan. Oh, come on, come on, come on. I mean, with so many pirates out there, I wonder whether merchants ever sailed these days. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, at the time, a healthy proportion of the ships were doing both at the same time. Right. Yeah. Sometimes the different colors were a little bit hard to discern from across the table. Yeah, blue and green were such heavy jewel tones that they were a little bit hard to discern from a distance. Other versions of this game don't have that problem. So if color's a real issue for you, you might want to get one of the other older versions of this game. Yeah, there's actually a brand new uh, tin, deluxe tin version that just came out in 2017. Mm. (gasps) This game is by Game Right. They do love their tin boxes. Okay, explorers, get out your shovels. It's time to dig up or bury loot. Evan, how about you? Quick and easy, always fun with pirate themes. This is Unburied Treasure, Digger Up. Ed? It's a short, fun, classic game from designer with so many other good-filled games. Digger Up is you drift pirate-infested waters for eight pieces of gold. Joe, how about you? I like the pace of this game. It's predictable in some ways, but that only sets the stage for real surprises, which are going to come from the actions of your opponents. It's worth digging up. Mike? I'm looking forward to trying this one. It seems quick and fun. I really enjoyed so many aspects of this card game, and it moved so well. And I love the fact that you can play with kids and adults, and it would be fun for everyone. Definitely dig this up. Joe, where can you find it? It's available online and at game stores. The new edition is available in the deluxe metal tin rather than the cardboard box. Prices range from 10 to $14. If you have thoughts about loot, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Yard! <laughs> Avast! <laughs> Our next game up this week is Ascension Chronicle of the Godslayer, designed by John Fiorillo and Justin Gary. The version we played was published by Stoneblade Entertainment. Number of players, two to four, ages 13 and up, runtime, 30 minutes. So, Joe, when we dusted off this find, what were your thoughts? I was tantalized by the mysterious original world that the designers had created. Evan, how about you? 
Nothing like starting the game with hot garbage in my hand and then ending the game with hot garbage in my hand. <laughs> Mike? New cards to choose for your deck being revealed each turn. It feels like Christmas. Ed? Uh, guys, is it somewhat concerning that no matter how many cultists you kill, there's always another one waiting to be dispatched? The mystical look of the steampunk meets high fantasy art on each card called to me. I was immediately ready to immerse myself in this world and fight for its honor. But before we fire up our constructs or consult the temple librarian, Evan, tell us a little bit about how it's played. In Ascension, a deck-building game, you are warriors building your army to save Vigil from the hordes of Semel, the fallen god. <laughs> Starting with the same 10-card deck, you play cards from your 5-card hand to gain runes, power, honor, or other effects on the card. There are 6 cards in a center row that is replenished from a center deck. Runes are used to acquire heroes or constructs from the center row, or mystics and heavy infantry who are always ready to be added to your deck. When the honor pool runs out, the player with the most honor points on cards and from defeated monsters will lead his army to defeat the fallen one and earn the title God Slayer. God Slayer! <laughs> I am God Slayer, Slayer of the Gods. A <laughs> lot of different strategies you can use for this game. And each faction kind of provides you a strategy that you can employ in your deck. Boy, tell me about it, Mike. I should have gone with the uh, Void faction a little bit harder because it is. It's important to thin out your deck from having those starting cards in there, which just really kind of plugs up the work. They are the equivalent of the backseat drivers in Eddie Cantor. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're actually limited, though, because you can only buy from cards in the center row. So if there are no Void cards there, you can't buy them. It's a rather common trait of card games like this that, you know, it's a good idea to thin out your deck from, from time to time, maybe make it a priority. But this is the only game I've seen that makes it an inherent part of the strategy and makes it so available. I wish it was more available, honestly, <laughs> uh -huh. because you are dealt a random set of cards out in the center row and they could all be monsters. So you might not even yeah. be able to buy anything. If you don't have enough uh, fight power each turn, you might just be stuck. But that helps your strategy with that critical thinning out because oh, yeah. i mean you you know i'm not going to thin out this turn because i'm just going to replace my garbage with a different kind of garbage that's why i had the opening comment i did i you start with a with a basically just the starting hand with everyone's basically the same power the last hand i played which still had too many of those opening cards in my hand i wound up drawing my five cards that was it it was the starting hand again evan uh you have no idea at least you did some thinning I had no opportunity to thin, and I lost hard. Well, like, Celeste, aren't you the person who played a Magic the Gathering deck that was like 300 cards tall? Yeah. I was like, oh, so what? So I got some ones in there. Let's just keep adding cards. Just keep adding them. Add more cards. I did have yeah. a big deck at the end, and that's not mm -hmm. necessarily a good thing. Well, it's not a good thing at all. It didn't even occur to me to think about thinning the deck until about halfway through when all the deck thinning cards were long gone. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I started much. using them, you go, oh, wait a minute. That's a cool ability. How do you get those? I thought I could go like Joe did, where very early he started stacking in the power. And I'm like, oh, all right. He's going for power. I'll just go for this mystic thing. And Ed, who I think was trying to trick me, goes, oh, Mikey, <laughs> that's good. Mikey really likes doing that strategy, too. I'm like, all right, Mike's good at cards. This must <laughs> no. work. I'll just keep I, going. 
<laughs> no, honestly, I've I've won a tournament before, and I played a few. But one of them that I won, I I eliminated all my fight power out of the deck and just bought stuff that gave me runes instead. That's what I was planning on doing, and Ed was totally playing head games with me. Here, we need fresh blood. Give me those two plus twos, I guess. Two of these? I think so, right? It doesn't hurt. Yeah, I guess so. You're building your deck. I don't know. Build your engine, baby. Mikey loved these. No, I, 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 that's not a recommendation. (laughs) 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 What, me? Nah. I don't think he was trying to trick you, honestly. It is a pretty strong strategy. (laughs) Ed would never do that. He's very straightforward. (laughs) But but it goes back to some of the opening comments you guys made. There's so many strategies to this game. Lots of different ways to achieve the win. Yeah, and you have to kind of play them by ear a little bit, too, because you only have available to you what comes out. Right. So you can make it a great strategy. Yes, I'm going to go all void, and if void never shows up in a row for you, you can't do <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you have a plan B. Mike, would you say that I sort of, that I just stumbled into the honor strategy? It is a strategy that some people try, but it, it can be really dicey because if you don't get a lot of monsters on the board with decent value of honor, you could lose hard with that strategy. From everybody else kind of avoided having inventory and he had a lot. And in, uh, we had a lot of uh, monsters to slay. I love the jagged, red, bloody-looking, gem-like honor <laughs> counters. They looked so hard-won, oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> if you have a strategy that's accumulating honor, especially if you're using a combination of what you did and lifebound cards, you can run the honor pool out and end the game early. Yeah, that's effectively what happened. The other thing, I thought um, Evan might win because he was getting lost in mechanic cards. And yeah. mechanic cards typically have a lot of honor on the cards themselves. I was surprised at how at your at your return on investment on those cards is. It's very good. It's really high. It seems almost uh, too strong in some cases. Yeah. I had the same problem with that that I did with Ed. Like halfway through the game, I was seeing that Evan was doing something cool, and I'm like, "Oh, what's that? Oh, I should try that." <laughs> and then- <laughs> it's way too late by the time you notice it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what did it say for the award? Uh, Congratulations, by the way. Three honor. For Joe, ahead, and each opponent must put a construct he controls into the discard pile. Really? I hate you. You know how I I talk a lot about engaging art, really bringing me into the game and making me play better. I honestly think that in this game, the art was so interesting to me that it was a distraction. It made you choose a, a not as effective strategy because you wanted that cool looking thing in your deck. <laughs> I was yes. just looking at it and I'm like, oh, what is that? Oh, what is that? It's got this color. <laughs> Shiny. It has this color pencil art, which you don't see a lot on high end, high production value games like this. You know, it's people want these like intense digital colors and everything. This had like this faint almost like it's almost an intentionally crude style of pencil art like a 70s rock albums yeah yeah but it's really high detailed it looks good there was so much going on on the card that i'd be looking at the picture for way longer than i'd be looking at the power on the card (laughs) (laughs) they've had a bunch of expansions come out too and they're all really consistent across the board with the art Yes, they are. What is the deal with that, Ed? Like, how many expansions are there, and why? Why so many expansions? Well, <laughs> why not? Why not? <laughs> you know, the art reminded me very much of a old 
LP album I had by Bo Hansen, the Swedish musician on Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, man, I want to check it out right now. <laughs> yeah. As you mentioned, there are many expansions for this game, and each one adds like a little new twist to the game. Ed, do all the expansions have a board for the cards to go on? All the standalone expansions do. I loved that about this game. A lot of card games that are in this style would not bother to give you a board. The board is really just there to organize the layout of the cards that everybody plays with, all the center cards. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's not necessary to play the game, but it definitely makes each expansion a little more immersive. And it definitely streamlines things. And it's also a good reminder of when uh, one of the spots in the center row is empty. Yeah. So is your recommendation, Celeste, for people who are going to play this game, take an hour to sort of just look at everything first to, so you're not distracted when it actually comes right, game time. Right, get it out of your system. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it certainly would have helped me. I also, I had a little bit of trouble recognizing the synergies in this game. I started picking up a lot of Lifebound cards. I saw not so much synergy with them, but similar effects. So I guess if you were going for a particular mechanic, like picking up extra cards, that's what I felt Lifebound did, was like so many of their cards were grab more cards from your deck. What Lifebound is really good at is uh, straight up honor, just play this card and get some honor. Mm. Or here's like five runes for this one card, and then you can buy more stuff. That's that's their strength. And then um, uh, the Void Faction is good at fighting the monsters and good at getting rid of cards out of your deck. So if, if you have an idea that, okay, I want a thin deck that pulls out a lot of honor quickly, you might try to gather those Void and Lifebound cards together in the same deck. Another strategy that's very uh, helpful is that to get the Construct, because the Constructs oh, yeah. come out into play and they stay out in play. They don't clog your deck up. Constructs is a really strong strategy, yeah. I also appreciated that the powers on the cards were simple. There was not a lot of detail there. It was a very simple effect that you could read in usually one sentence. Uh, for an interesting side note, Justin Gary is an American Magic the Gathering player, not notable for his Pro Tour finish and win at the Pro Tour Houston 2002. And he's the one that founded Gary Games, which then became Stoneblade Entertainment. It officially makes uh, him a card shark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good street cred on card design. And this was a very well-designed game. Yeah, it's great that they only have a couple of basic mechanics, you know, play runes to buy stuff or play fight power to kill a monster. But within those simple rules, the, the cards really expand on them with a very simple addition to them. And it's written right on each card. So it makes it easy to ramp up into understanding this game just by playing it. Okay, explorers, grab those pickaxes. It's time to dig up or bury Ascension, Chronicle of the Godslayer. Joe, how about you? I'm sure I didn't get all this game's intricacies in that single playthrough, but I'm impressed. Dig it up. Evan? Lots of replayability here. Several strategies to pursue. I'd like to pursue more of them. Dig this game up. Mike? Building a tight deck from an ever-changing array of cards and finding the perfect moment to end the game is really exciting for me. So I thoroughly dig this one up. Ed? I've played this game dozens of times and still enjoy playing this game. Dig this up and add it to your deck. As much as I love card games, I'm not an inherent lover of deck-building games. So the bar is pretty high in this category. And this one had just enough complexity, plenty of aesthetic, and narrative charm to keep me fully engaged. Dig it up. Ed, where can you find it? 
This is now known as Ascension the Deck Building Game. It has many expansions. The latest is Ascension Deliverance, released in 2018. The base set or standalone expansion run for about 40 bucks. You can find them online and at your local game stores. You can also find app versions of this game for your phone or your computer. Ooh, fun. They, oh. they run really well, too. They're great. If you have thoughts about Ascension, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We would love to hear from you. Our last game up this week is Joe Name It, designed by Wendy Harris, produced by GameRight. Number of players, 4 to 10. Ages 12 and up. Runtime, 15 minutes. So, Mike, when we brushed away the sands on this find, what were you thinking? I was a little worried that one of us might have an advantage since this game is named after him. (laughs) Evan? (laughs) Name a brand of cereal with four characters on the box in less than 10 seconds. No, seriously, that's the game. Ed, how about you? Wait, isn't this about football? Joe? I like how you never know where the next question's going out to everybody or just one person. A die roll as part of every trivia question? Weird and really intriguing. But before we find out if this game is trivial, Evan, tell us a little bit about how it's played. The player whose first name is closest alphabetically to Joe goes first. So that was easy for us to figure out. Right, Joe? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Players take turns drawing a card. Roll the number die and then read the card aloud, filling in the blank with the number you rolled. For example, if you rolled a three, the question would be, name a movie with three sequels. The first player to correctly name something that fits the criteria keeps the card. If no one can think of a correct answer in a reasonable amount of time, Joe wins the card. Not our Joe, but the theoretical Joe for which the game is named. Place that card face up in the Joe pile in the center of the playing area. The game ends as soon as either one player or Joe collects 10 cards. If it's an actual player, they win. If it's Joe, everyone loses. (laughs) (laughs) It becomes a really confusing game with an actual Joe sitting at the table. (laughs) Come on, guys. Putting a pile in the middle was such a bizarre and probably unnecessary mechanic to this game. It seems necessary if you want to actually end the game faster. It does make sure the game will end. There's that. You're right. Because if you are playing with people who really can't come up with the answers, then you will need Joe to end the game. That's true. The Joe is an average Joe. It's that colloquialism. Any Joe, name a planet that's six away from Earth. Pluto. No, it's Saturn, isn't it? Uranus. Um, Mercury, Venus, six, six, yeah, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, away from From planet Earth, Earth. I got Pluto. I got that wrong too. One thing that Joe, that our Joe mentioned earlier. (laughs) 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 Oh gosh, this is going to be a fun conversation. Yeah. (laughs) One thing that our Joe mentioned earlier is that uh, there are two types of cards in this game. Any any Joe or just Joe. That's right. Any Joe cards means everyone tries to answer the trivia question. Uh, right. And, all players play. Right. So it's a yell out. Whoever yells first wins. Oh, chaos. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's just Joe where just the player who gets the card tries to answer it. Right. Oh, and here's my favorite part. More randomness. They say it, you got to answer within a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. Right? Oh, no. Arbitrary decision, too. Yeah. Very ambiguous rule. Ugh. 
And the rules actually state, which is clearly showing that they don't give a hoot what you pick for a reasonable <laughs> amount of time. They say, if you need a concrete number, Joe defines a reasonable amount of time as more than roll the die seconds, but less than roll the die minutes. Ah. <laughs> which is an That's absurd amount that, of time. That, uh, <laughs> crazy. Between one second and six minutes yeah. you could have as your as your extreme It's ends. just that I think they were just making a lighthearted statement that you're on your own yeah. in deciding what a reasonable amount of time is. Yeah, lighthearted statements are for flavor text, not for rules. <laughs> yeah. And another opportunity for more Joe jokes. Yeah. That's right. We mercifully chose 10 seconds. Have we mentioned how the game beats the players? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, everybody loses again. <laughs> the game can beat the players. So, yeah, it's not a co-op. It just makes everybody lose. Yeah, it, <laughs> it ends the game, right? Joe wins. Right. Uh-huh. That sounds merciful. So, believe it or not, this is also a game from Game Right, just like Loot. Game Right is a huge game company, and they have a lot of interesting games. They have a parent company that's actually a jigsaw puzzle company. And so this is a this is a subset of that. But that we've played a lot of game right games. We have we played Forbidden Island. We played Quicks, and um, I'm sure there's several others that we played that are from Game Right. They have over 150 games um, that are really they really run the gamut, as this game proves. The setup for this game was two, maybe three seconds. Open the box and draw a card and start playing. How long did your game take when you guys played? 10 minutes, maybe. So at least it's not a slog. No, no. And we have played trivia games that are slogs. I remember playing this game once. I got into, uh, what was it, naming an animal with five legs. And we were going back and forth about whether those things the starfish have count as legs. Oh, (laughs) right. I think they breathe through them instead of walking through them. So they're not really legs. As much as I love rolling a die... And how interesting I thought it was to change the question every single time by adding a roll of the die to it. It's kind of crazy sometimes because the die roll one to six is huge. That's a huge range when you're when you're coming up with categories, right? Well, Celeste usually cleans up when it comes up to name a TV show that was on for so, uh, X number so of seasons. seasons. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. How are you supposed to really know that? I mean, we, we, yeah, who we checks the answer. A 10 second question took us four minutes to look up and try to verify to see if, the, if someone got the answer right. Yeah, it's not it's not the cleanest, especially if it's a mess of people yelling out the answer. Yeah, it's tough to hear with folks shouting over each other. That's for sure. And then who decides who actually shouted at first? Yes. And there's a lot of any Joe cards. And sometimes we'll shout out different answers and then have to double check both of them. Do you guys think that this game would have played better with a D4 or a D3? Might have gone for a D10. It might have cut off the number of categories they could have had. Joe, did you just say you'd go for a D10? (laughs) I would rather have two D4. I'll tell you why. Because first of all, one D6 in the box. Okay, you know. That's, t- you know, average, nothing special there. 2D4, that, that you're like, oh, cool, D4 dice. That would yeah. be a little more interesting. It would be. You can never have an answer of one, though. Yeah, right, but who cares? Because you it's know. supposed to be a multiple uh, question with multiple answers anyway, because it's a list question. That's what they're going after, right? Yeah. So let's talk about the mass market feel of this game. It It does have that generally thoughtless feel in the game design the art is non-existent it 
it has like <laughs> art. No, no, yeah, no, I, I mean, it actually does have art, which is bananas on the box and on the cover. There are line art drawings of people, and I defy you to correlate whatever they're doing with playing this game. <laughs> they're like they have their faces going up and their eyes shut. And there's like a little rectangle card above them. I don't even understand. It looks like they're levitating the card with their minds. Well, what they're trying to do is intrigue you and make you think there's something interesting inside the box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one thing I will admit, the colors in this game were not repugnant. They were bright. They spent a little extra money on ink. You know, everything was bold. That's a ringing endorsement. Not <laughs> repugnant. I mean, some some game boxes and game pieces have made me over the years wonder if, you know, if basically demand has that much effect on the given color of a piece of paint or... I think that the cost-benefit analysis of adding art to trivia games just doesn't work for most publishers. I mean, why bother? People are there to answer questions. Yeah, you can hand them a box of trivia questions. Like I've seen people take Trivial Pursuit, forget about the pie pieces and just pull out cards for like two hours reading questions to each other. Yeah. Mass marketed sort of trivia games. I don't know. It's reminiscent of something you'd think you'd you'd see put out in the Soviet Union in 1972, <laughs> you know. Look, family, let's play game. The game. <laughs> <laughs> this is card number one. <laughs> yeah, just very sterile. Can I just say, I am I just want to go back to the fact that this game, right, which is an extremely popular, extremely successful game company, is under the umbrella of a jigsaw puzzle company. It just blows my mind. How popular are jigsaw puzzles? Very. I mean, you couldn't pay me enough to sit down and watch the clock tick by and my life go out the window while I'm putting pieces of cardboard together to make a picture. I know people who love jigsaw yeah. puzzles. I, I can't speak to how popular jigsaw puzzles are, but I can tell you they have a very hardcore following developed and also a huge casual following i mean everybody i know has at least at one jigsaw puzzle all right new my new podcast will be a puzzle review show I'm gonna do it by myself. <laughs> all right let's talk about kittens with Yara. today we put together the 500 piece ducks on a pond oh, kitten man. with ball of yarn <laughs> and that's how much we have to say about go name it because we're on puzzles instead of this game <laughs> Okay, explorers, we might need the backhoe for this one. It's time to dig up or bury Joe Name It. Ed, how about you? Well, the die adds an interesting element to the game, but the rate to shout out your answer gives me flashback to pickle the penguin. <laughs> bury the game with the backhoe. Joe? Some questions are easy, some hard, and some impossible. I don't know exactly why I like this, but I do. Dig it up. Hmm, Evan, how about you? Uh, for what it is, it's not bad, but I think there are better trivia games to be played. Not even the incorporation of a die could win me over. I'll bury it. Mike, how about you? Well, I didn't play this one, but trivia is not my bag, and maybe the random factor will breathe some life into it, but for now, I'm going to hold my opinion. <gasps> I mean, it really did add a little life. Fast-paced trivia games are right up my alley, and adding in this clever die element was enough for this game to feel fresh to me. I think I could get quite a few more plays out of it. <laughs> Dig it up. Joe Name It is widely available, 
And I saw it online for 10 to 15 bucks. If you have thoughts about Joe Name It, let us know. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you've done. Give us a shout. If you like more perks or content from the show, including exclusive episodes for just $3 a month, you could go to our website and click on Become a Supporter today. If you get a chance, leave us a rating or a review on your favorite podcaster. It hugely helps others find the show. Join our chat on our Discord server, Which Game First, and our Patreon subscribers get access to exclusive channels. Follow us on your favorite social media site. We are at Which Game First on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Happy gaming, explorers. Good morning, gamers. What an eccentric performance. (laughs) So long, and thanks for all the tips. Curiously enough, the only thing that went through the mind of the bowl of petunias as it fell out of the sky was, oh no, not again.